I'm now in my seventh year serving as an RCIA or OCIA, if you prefer, director. I love helping other adults investigate the faith and begin to apply it to their lives. The whole process is rich and rewarding, and it continues to teach me, too, as I meet people from all sorts of walks of life who are exploring Catholicism. One thing I've learned when it comes to shepherding other people in this way is never to say or even think one particular phrase. I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Pleased that you can join us for this hour of on-air and online spiritual direction. Well, after three or four years of directing RCIA, I had met dozens of people from all sorts of different life situations. And although I now know how ridiculous it sounds, I was lulled into, I think, a sort of complacency about the life situations of people who came to me interested in RCIA. And I arrogantly began to think something along the lines of, and here's the phrase, yeah, I've pretty much seen it all. Yeah, I know, I know. The audacity of it. Well, trust me, it didn't take God long at all to snap me out of it because the next group of people interested in RCIA had some life situations that I could barely have dreamt up. I gratefully ate my humble pie, swallowing this important lesson for life and ministry. In my defense, though, over the years, I had seen a wide variety of life situations, and some of them were pretty similar. For instance, there were a good number of young people who would come to inquire about the process of becoming Catholic because they were seriously dating or engaged to a Catholic. The prospect of getting ready to spend the rest of your life together with someone else serves as a good springboard for many, anyway, to consider the commonalities and differences of religious beliefs and practices. And after such consideration, some couples decide that being of the same religious expression is the wisest course of action. And one or the other member goes about a spiritual shift, like through OCIA. But other couples seek to maintain independent religious practices. It's by no means undoable, but there are some unique challenges that confront those in marriages of two different faiths. So today on the show, we're talking about mixed-faith marriages, some of the inherent challenges they encounter, and how to navigate those challenges well. Guiding our discussion today is our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson. Father Wilson is the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, a southern suburb of the Twin Cities and part of the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis. Father, it's been a while. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back again, Patrick. It's always always good to be back. Very very busy summer and early fall for, for me, and schedules didn't really work out, so it's great to be back on the program yeah. again. Well, great to have you back, especially in this wonderful season of Advent. Grateful that you're able to join us today. Well, let's start off just with the whole idea of a Catholic marrying a non-Catholic. Is that something that's permitted by the Catholic Church, Father? Uh, it certainly is, Patrick, and I think probably the first point is I, I suspect we have a lot of listeners who are uh, in this uh, in this life situation where they have 
married someone who is who is not Catholic, and it really is important for us to to know and to understand that the the church's uh, understanding, uh, perception, and anticipation of marriage uh, assumes that Catholics, in some cases, uh, and in, in in some situations, in many cases, uh, will be marrying uh, somebody who is who is not Catholic, either uh, uh, either Protestant or or maybe even of a of a non Christian background. Um, if we think about the Catholic Church and her universality, um, obviously we're in situations in the United States where um, we have a growing non-Christian population, but it's still substantially majority Christian and, and a lot of Catholics. Uh, but there are places, there are many places in the, in the world where culturally and socially uh, Catholics might be a very, very small minority, uh, and, and the likelihood of, of people getting married um, uh, to someone outside the faith is, is very high. And so the church's rituals um, in, in the marriage rite and, and that sort of thing uh, certainly anticipate that that will happen. Uh, and there are particular there are particular things that they need to do for uh, for yeah. preparation and, uh, and 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 the like. And we can maybe get into that a little bit later if we need to. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and I, I would imagine that in in your uh, in your priesthood within your the context of your priesthood, you've spoken with and perhaps helped to prepare many couples for marriage. And I'm assuming that you have run into maybe this uh, this difference of cults, so to speak, that they call it when we have two different two different uh, religious expressions or practices coming together and seeking marriage within the church. And so, I guess. My question is, um, what do you see? What do you see there when you when you have that and and uh, when you have that? Do you think that couples generally with common religious beliefs tend to be better spouses or not necessarily? Uh, I think that it's a, it's a very good question, and I think that in the in the broad in the broad picture, uh, people that have a, a commonality of, of faith. Uh, and not just a commonality of faith, but a commonality of of practice and seriousness of the faith uh, are going to tend to, over the long term, uh, have uh, less challenges in their marriage and, and frankly, uh, probably more direct and easily accessible resources uh, to support their marriage and to support the challenges in marriage uh, than people who, who come from uh, different religious practices, different religious beliefs, um, different attitudes towards religion, those those sorts of things. So that initial commonality uh, is uh, is very very helpful, uh, but it's not automatically required uh, for for a good marriage. You know, I, I I've seen I've seen plenty of marriages between Catholics and non-Catholics that are uh, healthy, good, holy. Uh, marriages that that reflect the presence of Christ in their marriage into the world too. Mm, yeah, very good. And I'm glad you brought up that there can be a discrepancy in terms of seriousness of faith as well. I think I've seen that a number of times too, just in the couples. And I'm sure that our listeners either are involved in that sort of marriage or definitely know people who um, who it seems like one spouse is much more uh, dedicated to their faith and their religious beliefs and practices than the other one is. And that's something that too that needs to be navigated as well, Father. Uh, absolutely, and, and frankly, I think that um, one of the one of the important things in in marriage preparation uh, is addressing those questions uh, very directly. We we tend to focus on sort of the what I might call the the external realities of whether a person is Catholic or not. 
but I think it's I think it's probably as important, if not more important, to to focus on um, you know what the what the depth of faith is, what the right. practice of religion is, uh, in, in, in both, uh, in both parties, uh, getting married. Um, I'll be, I'll be honest. I think I've had plenty of, uh, marriage preps in, uh, my time as a priest in which you might have a Catholic getting married to somebody who's not Catholic, um, for the, they for their discussions, they're getting married in the Catholic Church for for whatever reason. Uh, oftentimes, the person who's not Catholic might actually be taking their faith uh, much more seriously than the uh, than the than the Catholic, and and so there has to be there has to be conversations uh, about that. And I've seen some beautiful things where conversions have taken place, reversions have taken place. Um, you know, when somebody somebody be, you know marries somebody of a of a strong faith, even if it's not Catholic, it, it helps them to start, okay, I need to start looking at this and some ask the questions of, uh, of why and how and uh, what it means in, in, in my life and my family's life and those sorts of things. And it uh, often can be the, the beginning of some beautiful conversions or reversions to the faith yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something we want to talk about as well. We're speaking today about mixed faith marriages. Are you and your spouse of a different faith or are you and your spouse at different places in your individual faith journeys? How do you navigate that? What are the ways that you uh, have employed? What are some of the things that you have employed to help you in your marriage that it can be a good, strong, holy and healthy marriage? Give us a call and join the conversation on our toll-free studio line, 888-914-9149. That's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email. Our email address is relevantradio.com. Well, Father, I think it's worth mentioning and bringing up at least because uh, it's oftentimes rolled around when we're in this kind of mixed-faith marriage discussions is St. Paul's famous line from 2 Corinthians chapter 6 where he says, do not be yoked or mismated with unbelievers. And um, and he goes on to ask a series of rhetorical questions that helps to illustrate the differences between believers and unbelievers. And while I recognize that we're not necessarily speaking in our in our discussion today only about those who believe in Christ and those who do not, um, what wisdom can we take from St. Paul's encouragement in this letter? You know, I think I think it's a it's a it's a very practical thing that you know somebody who is a somebody who is a believer, um, by definition, Christ is going to be the most important thing in his or her life, and uh, being married to somebody for whom that is not the case uh, presents an immediate uh, immediate challenge uh, to to the relationship. Uh, but it also, uh, frankly, uh, brings an immediate potential challenge to the faith of the person, uh, the, the the Christian, because there's going to be um, there's going to be great temptations to um, uh, reduce emphasis, perhaps, on on practice of the faith and and those sorts of things for the sake of family peace and 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 kind of kind of understandable realities uh but there's but there's certainly there's certainly risk in that and i think that saint paul is reminding us of of just the the reality of the reality of that risk of yeah. that that religious and substantial faith and cultural difference uh right. between somebody who believes in christ and somebody who does not mm-hmm. 
Right. And I think that there is some, definitely some wisdom to be gained and a reminder, a strong reminder, especially of what you said, Father, that if we are purporting to follow after Christ, then he is meant to be at the center of all we are and most important in our lives. And therefore, uh, it can be that can be difficult to navigate that. And that's what we're talking about on the show today, of course. One of the things that we do see that I've I've known a number of couples in my time, both as a Protestant and as a Catholic, um, I've known Catholics who are married to Protestants. And I have known some who have worked this out, figured it out, and um, whatever that is, what however it has worked out for them to so that they can maintain these two different traditions within their marriage. And I know of others, <laughs> I know of others who seem pretty uh, maybe at each other in in terms of con- a continual challenge of you know uh when are when are you going to see the light and come to the other side as it were um these are fewer to be to be sure but what about a a couple that's together a catholic say and a protestant who are together and um should they kind of avoid the topic altogether of you know one of them converting to the other's tradition, or should this be something that's open and easily talked about? Uh, I think it's not an either or uh, question, Patrick. I think okay. that I think the conversation has to has to always be there about uh, their the the religious and faith. Uh, dimension of of their marriage, uh, I think that conversation can be had uh, uh, external from the uh, should you convert or should you not convert, and uh, you know we we understand very clearly in the Catholic Church, even if it hasn't been practiced uh, perfectly um, historically, uh, that. Uh, we we simply can't force anybody to convert. I mean, right. you you can't force anybody to convert. I can't force anybody to convert. Spouses can't force each other to to convert. And that that freedom, that choosing Christ in freedom, is uh, is incredibly uh, important. And we even have in our in our in our norms for for preparation for for marriage and uh, getting approvals, particularly between Catholics and, and non Catholics, uh, statements on our on our forms that they have to sign. Uh, Catholic party signs saying that they are um, they're not abandoning their faith. They're going to do everything uh, in their power to raise their children in the faith, but they also owe respect to the dignity of the religious conscience of the person that they are married. So they're essentially signing something saying, I'm going to live as uh, as best a Catholic life as I possibly can, but I'm not going to force my, my, my spouse to, 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 to convert because I can't do that. I, um, I owe, I owe that person, um, uh, dignity of their, of their conscience and their freedom of conscience in, yeah. in, in matters of faith. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, even with that being the case and, and especially perhaps with that being the case, we need to also recognize, of course, that Catholics and Protestants do share some common ground there, too. So what's some of that common ground that maybe Catholics and Protestants um, who are spouses married to one another uh, that they can seek out within the context of their marriage? Yeah, and an awful lot of common ground, and the, the, yeah. the most important common ground is Jesus himself. You know, a recognize a recognition of, of, of Jesus as, as our Lord, as Jesus the 
the the the way to to salvation the the, the road to heaven uh, is a is a terrific place to start uh, an understanding of uh, the person of of Jesus Christ his import in in our life and his uh, uh, absolute necessity in our in our salvation is a is a terrific place to uh, to begin and to and to find uh, common ground. Um, I see in in a number of marriages within within my own parish in which um, you know one spouse is Catholic the other the other is not uh, the one of the things that attracted them uh, particularly in a in a culture I think that in many ways is uh, is declining uh, morally is common moral values I mean they, yeah. they they understand and they believe the same things about marriage about family life about the dignity of human life uh, and all those sorts of things um, that the Catholic Party had from from his background and the and the non-catholic party had from from hers and so those are those are uh, incredibly important things and uh, things that can can really provide a, a strong foundation for for marriage and family life between uh, Catholics and Protestants. Yeah, very good. Talking about mixed faith marriages today, people marrying one another from different religious traditions, and whether that's Catholic and Protestant or Catholic and uh, maybe a non-believer as well, or of a different faith, a non-Christian faith entirely. We're talking about that. If you have some reflections for us to think about, if you have questions about how to navigate the challenges that inevitably occur in those types of situations, give us a call, 888 Let's go to the phones. Let's take a phone call. Daniel is calling in from Denver, Colorado. Daniel, thanks for calling the inner life. Welcome. Hey, how are you? Good morning from beautiful Denver, Colorado. Good morning. Denver is beautiful, Daniel. Beautiful. Look, I'm driving west right now. I see the beautiful snow-capped mountain. Let's get to the uh, big question here. This is my subject. Uh, my wife and I have been married now for 42 years, and uh, happy marriage. When we were first married, uh, my wife was a Presbyterian. Her grandmother, the Baptist, said, no way you're married a Catholic. But anyway, we did get married for about the first 15 years of our marriage. We attended both Catholic and Presbyterian services. And I have to say, both strong on our marriages, but you mentioned it earlier, one thing I thought was very important was that we both, you know, you didn't battle it. You know, you let everybody experience their thing. I have to tell you, my uh, Catholicism really exploded after Bible studies with the Presbyterian Church. I started learning what is it I believe. And so not a battle, but a learning, and it was just wonderful. And eventually, through that learning on both sides, my wife actually converted to Catholicism. Wow! Thanks for sharing that, Daniel. That's a that's a great uh, that is a great example of 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 what being yoked in the in the gift and the sacrament of of, of marriage is. Uh, that that there's there's always going to be um, uh, opportunities for for learning. And um, you know, I'll, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I think that those of us as as, as Catholics are probably uh, we're not a majority in the culture in which we live, and uh, there are probably a lot of believers, a lot of very faithful Christians who uh, know uh, little to nothing about what we believe. Um, you know, in 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 many cases, and so. Um, you know, when it, when a Catholic joins the family, it's probably you know they they look like they're seeing a monster or something like that uh, religiously. But but the truth is, they find out that um, number one, we're 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 good people, 
<laughs> we're just good. We're, we're, we're not terrible people. And, and number two, that, that relationship then opens up, uh, a vehicle then for, for actually sharing faith and say, Oh, you know, you, you actually do believe most of the same things we do about Jesus and, uh, and, and that sort, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that's a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful story of a, of an ecumenical marriage and an eventual, um, uh, conversion, uh, in freedom. Uh, your your wife made that decision in uh, in in freedom, and that's a and that's a beautiful thing for for you and your marriage. Thanks for your testimony and your witness of 42 years of marriage. That's uh, uh, that's that's great, obviously for you, but it's also great for everybody who's been touched by your marriage too. Thank you. Amen to that. Yeah, Daniel, thank you for the phone call. Thank you for the uh, great story um, as we're talking about marriages that are between two people of different faith traditions of two different whether it be Catholic and Protestant or Catholic and uh, non-Christian, Catholic and non-believer. That's what we're talking about today on the show with our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with more of the show. If you'd like to join the conversation, of course, you can always do so at 888-914-9149. Give us a call over the break, 888-914-9149. We'll see if we can get you on the air. But we're going to take our first break. We'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash UDallas. Love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage this I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. Indeed. Welcome back to the inner life we're talking about. Faith marriages today with our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson. If you have a experience within, if either in your own marriage or in marriages of those that you know and love, who are of two different traditions, two different belief traditions and religious practices, give us a call, join the conversation, tell us what that's like, or maybe you have questions about how to navigate a mixed-faith marriage, 888-914-9149, again, 888-914-9149. And hey, just a reminder, since it is the Advent season, are you much, as much of a fan of A Christmas Carol as I am, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? Well, whether you are or not, I would still strongly recommend that you go over to adventwithscrooge.com and sign up to receive a free daily series. It's an audio advent calendar from the Merry Beggars right here at Relevant Radio. They step into Charles Dickens' timeless classic in a whole new way. It's faithful to the original text, and it features world-class radio actors and top-notch theater of the mind audio. So check it out, adventwithscrooge.com. Well, Father, I want to go back to something that we brought up early on in the program, which is that the reality of the situation is that you might have, and I think you even said, as common or even more common these days, are two Catholics who are married to one another, um, but one takes their Catholic faith much more seriously than the other. And uh, just wondering if you can shed a little light on that. What's going on there, and what can the person who takes their faith more seriously, what might they do in order to uh, make the faith appealing for their spouse. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I think um, you know we certainly see it in in marriage prep a lot. We see it a lot, frankly, in the probably marriages within our parishes as well. 
that there's there, there's one spouse who um, you know not not only takes the lead uh, in uh, the the living the faith within the family, but um, but often does it with with little to no support of of the other, and you know so, some of that some of that uh, is there from the get-go. I mean, there's, you know, you got, you got somebody who maybe has been brought up in a religious family, um, you know, takes faith reasonably seriously, um, decides they want to get married to somebody who, uh, somebody who's Catholic, uh, but doesn't necessarily take it as seriously. Uh, and so that the, the, the tension, the tension grows, um, frankly, the, the tension will probably get get greater as children come along and the necessity yeah, of passing on faith. Yeah. Uh, but the, the most, the most important thing as in all evangelization is to, is to faithfully, to faithfully live the faith and, um, and, and, and be, be a, be a believer, be a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, be somebody who, uh, be somebody who loves, be somebody who, uh, joyfully brings Jesus into into their life and and relationship, and uh, pray that that uh, that that spouse who uh, isn't quite there yet eventually eventually responds. Um, again, I my 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 experience my experience is um, generally that that most most people don't respond to. Uh, for lack of a better term, the nagging, you know, it's time for you to do this and you have to do this and it's your responsibility to do this. So you go, go ahead and do that. I mean, uh, you know, I, there, there might, there might be some people who have a disposition, uh, that, that response that I think most people, most people don't, um, but I think that I think that, um, you know, again, particularly when children come along, um, the uh, the conversation about the importance of of mom and dad demonstrating living the faith that has to be part of the conversation. But ultimately, ultimately, the one who is taking uh, his or her discipleship seriously has to uh, has to be the the, the one that is uh, willing to demonstrate what faith means uh, in 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 actions as as well as words. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that this is, I mean, it, as in all things, when we're when two people like that in that sort of situation are prepping for marriage, I think it's uh, it can do wonders to help talk about some of these things even in the preparation time. I'm thinking you've said a couple times there that when children come into the picture, that sometimes these discussions can intensify, and maybe even new differences can appear as they as they continue to try to navigate life now, not just as a married couple, but as parents as well. And I'm thinking that it might be good to have these conversations even before they tie the knot. I mean, even before they enter into marriage, yeah, to say that, all right, well, so if I'm the devout Catholic, then I'm feeling like our kids, whatever it is, need to go to Catholic school or they, you know, they will be receiving their first communion and their confirmation at the proposed or at the acceptable times, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely, Patrick. And I I that that can't be emphasized uh any more in uh in marriage preparation and and that's that's part of that's part of our conversation uh you know as soon as they get in the door um yeah. as soon as they get in the door uh if if we're dealing with a, a mixed marriage potential uh couple um you know uh, I will have you talked about 
um, faith differences. I mean, have, you know, and, and obviously there's, the, there's sort of the immediate things in terms of uh, getting married in the Catholic Church and the Catholic Party needing to uh, make those promises to, to do the best he or she can to raise their children in the practice of the faith and the, and the other partner um, in, the, in the marriage understanding that. Uh, and and those, those are immediate questions, but there's, but there's larger questions in terms of, you know, how does this fit into our life? And, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest, uh, not, not everyone, I would say a, a growing percentage, but not everyone who comes to us for, for marriage preparation is necessarily taking their faith uh, immediate, seriously in the immediate time. Sure. Um, but they're getting married in the church because they want to get married in the church, and there's something in them that says it's important to get married in the church. And so, unfortunately, those conversations about the faith dimension um, don't happen because they don't seem to be a big priority at the time they're getting married. But when that when a baby is born and needs to be baptized, probably even uh, you know, the baptism typically isn't a huge issue for, for most people. Uh, but when it comes time to first, for first communion and right. the, um, the necessity of, of, of demonstrating the practice of faith to the kids becomes, um, uh, just very, very acute and, and, and obvious, uh, then those conversations about, you know, boy, when I got married, I, I just wasn't as serious about this. Now that I've got a child that I'm responsible for, I need to take this serious. And yeah. you pray, you pray that both of them are at, are on the same are on the same track. But oftentimes, it it doesn't it it just doesn't happen. And so, uh, it becomes incumbent on the person of, of faith to again do um, to do his or her best to to demonstrate the faith to 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 love the the mother or the father. And to um, be a be be a good example both to the children and to and to the spouse. Yeah, very good. Talking about mixed faith marriages here on the program today with our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson. Let's go back to the phones. Mary is calling in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for calling the Inner Life. Good morning. I was told to be brief, and I will do my best. <laughs> I'm the grandmother of an 11 year old child who attends Catholic school. Uh, she's in the fifth grade. My son is Catholic, does not practice his faith. They were married in the Catholic Church. Her mother is from another culture, from another country uh, that is predominantly Catholic, but strangely enough, when she was a young child, her mother became an evangelical, and so that's what my daughter-in-law is. My daughter-in-law has not attended uh, services over these 11 years on a regular basis at all for in her own church, uh, in a mega church. Uh, but now her mother has come to this country to live, and they're going to this mega church every Sunday and taking my granddaughter with them. Um, my a friend of mine has suggested that I possibly ask to go sometimes with them to their mega church in case my granddaughter has any questions. I specifically asked my granddaughter a couple of weeks ago, what happens at communion time? She said, Grandma, they, they pass salting crackers and grape juice, and my mom encouraged me to try it, and I said, absolutely not, because I believe in the body and blood of Christ. 
Okay. So your granddaughter has been formed in the Catholic faith in some capacity, yes, either through, through her yes. school and she's been baptized and, and received First Communion. So she, so she knows and understands that as yes, best she can yes, as an 11 year old. An 11 year old can understand. Yeah, yeah yes. great. Well, that, you know what? That's great. I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, that's terrific that your, your granddaughter, uh, understands that. Um, you know, again, I think that your, your role in all of this, Mary, is to be a, is to be a faithful Catholic, uh, in, within this, um, as, as difficult as it might be as, a as, as, as a grandmother, um, the, the faith formation is primarily the parents' responsibility, not the grandparents in, in normal, normal circumstances. And so, um, you know, you have to be judicious and, and, and prudent in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, how you, um, uh, interject yourself in this. Um, uh, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a great foundation that your, that your granddaughter, um, understands the, the Eucharist well enough to, uh, to, to not take it, uh, in, in a place that it, that it just isn't the body and blood of Christ. And, and she should live that. And I think that, um, uh, to, to, to be very honest, she's a baptized Catholic and, um, you know, she, she's, she's not a, she's not an adult Catholic, but she, uh, she certainly has the faith and, um, and her, her parents should, her parents should, um, acknowledge that she's, she's a baptized Catholic, whether, whether we're going to church or not, she's still a baptized Catholic. And, um, there must be something about that Catholic school that has, that has uh, their their child in that school, and she's still being formed in in, in the faith. And so, um, as as difficult as it might be to see your your granddaughter go into another church, sometimes um, uh, the fact that she's got some foundation and formation in the faith is a uh, is it, it, taking a lot of steps forward in the in in the in the right direction. Yeah. Mary, thanks for the call and thanks for the situation that you shared with us too. And uh, yeah, keep praying. You know, I'm certainly as somebody who is converted from evangelical Protestantism to the Catholic faith, I know that uh, the things that I learned about Jesus and about the scriptures and about uh, the church in my evangelical tradition were all just feeders for me in terms of my own uh, conversion to Catholicism. They were just, uh, I learned so much and I'm so grateful for how they've fostered my own relationship with the Lord. So much to be gained there as well as uh, as even if you find yourself in this somewhat troubling or difficult situation. So thanks for the call, Mary. Appreciate that. Let's go now to Wayne calling in from Napa, California. Wayne, welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. Good. Mine's a little bit different story. Uh, I dated, my, found my wife, the one I wanted to marry, uh, in 1965 on my 21st birthday. And uh, she was Presbyterian. I was Catholic, and we dated. And uh, before, and I asked her to marry me. She said yes. But we always went to a Catholic on Sunday mass on Sunday. Hmm. Then I got, or I was in the Navy, and I got orders to go to TI. I got a fifty-week class called A School in electronics, and she had to finish up her last year in, um, at the University of Hawaii in uh, dental hygiene which she did for 45 years. So we got married in Hawaii and came back. And I didn't know that, but all the time we were just, we were gone, she was taking classes from the priest in Hawaii, and she became Catholic. 
And my she asked me if I could use my mother as her godmother. And I said, sure. So we've been married 52 years. Uh, both of us have taught, I've taught RCIA for 25 years and uh, re- religious ed for 10 years before that. And she's also taught the same thing. And uh, we, we've had a beautiful marriage, you know. We've had raised three beautiful girls, and we have nine or seven grandchildren nice. and everything else, and now I'm by myself. But it goes to show that if a person dates a person and they, you know, and they want you bring them along and they see the beauty of the Mass mm-hmm. and the what receiving the bread and body of of the the wine, blood, and body of Christ, that it can turn out to be excellent and great. You know, I've had many people I've had here that that are mixed marriages, and they they all convert at the you know RCIA with baptism and everything else. I don't know how many people I've had over the years, probably. Well yeah. over a thousand, if you want to say that. But, Wayne, let me jump uh, in because we're running yeah. up against a break here. But uh, Father, you want to respond something? Yeah, to Wayne's thanks, call? Wayne. That's a you know that's a that's a great story, and you know everything. It sounds like it just started on a on on solid footing in terms of um, your your relationship with each other. Each of you having a relationship with the Lord uh, in some capacity. Uh, her experience of your living out of the faith, and then. Um, you know, intriguing her and saying, you know what, I want to know, I want to know more about this. Uh, But again, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that whole, um, that whole important notion of of freedom. Your, your wife freely chose through her experience, through her relationship with you, uh, through her, um, you know, participating with us as much as possible in the mass, freely said, I want to know more. And I, and I, and I choose this, uh, I choose this for me. There wasn't moral pressure from the outside to say, you know, you have to do this for family unity or, or anything like that. And, and look, how, and as you acknowledge yourself, look how beautiful it ended up with a wonderful family life, uh, wonderful um, opportunities to share the faith uh, within and outside your family. So um, thank you very much for, uh, for sharing that. You must have had a, a beautiful and, and, and wonderful uh, Christ-centered marriage, which, um, uh, which is all uh, any of us should really ever desire, huh? Yeah. So, thanks be thank to you. God. Yeah. Thanks be to God for his work in your marriage, Wayne, and thanks for the testimony here on The Inner Life. We're talking about mixed marriages, mixed faith marriages today. And uh, what does that mean when you're from two different religious traditions? What does that mean for marriage? What does that mean for building a family together? If you'd like to join the conversation, you can do so at 888-914-9149. Our spiritual director today is Father Tom Wilson. Call him up and ask him a question, 888-914-9149. We're going to take our next break, but we've got more of The Inner Life on tap right after these messages. We'll be right back. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life. I am Patrick Conley, and thank you for joining me and my producer, Nick Sentovich. Thanks for his work in producing the show today. And Thomas Angus are taking your phone calls today. Don't forget about our Advent carols of comfort and joy that are coming your way each and every day. You can sign up to receive those as well as the Merry Beggars take on Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. If you want to sign up for the carols, you can find them at relevantradio.com slash carols, relevantradio.com slash carols. We're talking about mixed faith marriages today here on the program um, when we have two spouses who are of different faith traditions and what that means for navigating and building together a good holy, healthy, and happy marriage. Our spiritual director is Father Tom Wilson, pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Well, Father, um, just so many things that are are yet to be talked about and yet to be explored, and it's not always easy. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Elaine who's been waiting patiently in San Diego, California. Elaine, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for waiting. Oh, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just wanted to share what um, I have, you know, seen, witnessed, through um, some of the mom groups and through school, you know, parents and even some, you know, family members who ended up um, in mixed, you know, faith marriages or one has no faith. So I believe that many young people looking to get married don't consider the long-term effects of not marrying someone in the same faith. Their goal is more for immediate fulfillment of finding love and commitment but after some time together, especially after having children, priorities change and discussions start coming up about should the kids be baptized or, you know, receiving the sacraments and all these issues come up, causing in some cases even divorce and um, splitting up the family. So, um, you know, what I, what I would... Um, you know, I tell some of my family members who are in that, hopefully that they're not just looking for immediate, you know, uh, love and commitment, but to have discussions with that person and to consider what that marriage will look like and that family five and ten years down the road. Um, you know, so... Yeah, thank you, Elaine. Yeah, thank you, Elaine. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Elaine, for for pointing that out. That's a, that's a very very important um, uh, issue to, to to point out. And um, you know, anybody who's been involved in marriage preparation, uh, clergy or lay, uh, knows that there is a there is a very very high risk of um, uh, people getting married that can be a bit. Um, uh, they can be a bit unrealistic about about what marriage really is in in many factors of life, including the the, the faith and and the religious dimension of it. And you are you are exactly correct. The the um, those those issues of of, of different uh, different faith will will often manifest themselves in uh, in family life in 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 children. Um, and, and they, and that has to be, that has to be acknowledged. And, and so that's why, that's why that reality is, is talked about very seriously in, in the preparation that we do, uh, in, in our, in our parish and, and people have to, people have to realize that. I think that I, I gotta be honest. I think that the, um, the biggest piece of that is, um, uh, is people who are, who are entering into marriage, 
um, I think with all, you know, honesty and sincerity about having a, you know, until death do you part and um, understanding the sacrifices. But if the faith isn't, isn't uh, as important as it needs to be in their life at that time, uh, the risk is much, much higher that uh, something, uh, something could harm the relationship down, down the road in terms of uh, faith or any, or, or any other reasons. Um, so really, you know, uh, pointing out, yeah, you know, are you, are you looking down the road, um, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years about what this is going to, to look like? Uh, but there's also an element of um, are you taking your faith seriously now? And and I think that if we can uh, if we can encourage uh, people that are that are on the precipice of these these major decisions in their life to to bring God into it to bring the practice of their faith into it um, uh, the the likelihood of them having a successful marriage is going to be considerably uh, considerably higher. But you did a a nice job of outlining uh, the, the the risks uh, of of not just a mixed marriage, but, uh, but, but, but a marriage that doesn't, um, that doesn't take God seriously enough in it from, from the beginning. Um, so yeah. those are, those are very important points. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. Appreciate the call. Let's squeeze in one more call. Uh, Vanessa calling in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Vanessa, thanks for calling the inner life. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm calling because my daughter is in a serious relationship with an atheist Jewish boy, and uh, she continues to practice. My daughter continues to be a practicing Catholic. And I'm wondering what kinds of talking points um, you recommend for me to have with her and for her to have with him. Wow, that is a very good question, and uh, I'm not sure I can do it in the in the minute or two that we have left to and do justice to it. Uh, but I think I think the first and most important thing uh, for um, for you to communicate to her and her to communicate to him is that uh, my faith is a non-negotiable in this. Um, my faith is a non-negotiable in this. I. I, I am a believer in Christ. I have been raised in the church. I will continue to practice my uh, my, my life in the in in the church. Um, I would say that you know in 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 my experience of of dealing with uh, people who are who are non-believers um, of 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 any kind, uh, just sort of generically, they can be separated into into two categories. Um, uh, one of them would be the, um, I just don't get this. I don't have the gift of faith. Uh, you know, you do you if you want to believe. Um, but, but it's, it's just not me. The other is, the other is, is open hostility. And, uh, you know, you're, you're not smart because you believe in God uh, you're superstitious, what, what, you know, whatever the insults might be. And so I think it would be very, very important for, um, for your daughter to, uh, to, 
to figure out where he's in uh, in in that um, in that sort of spectrum of attitude and uh, and 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 belief uh, before before getting any deeper into into this thing and and just recognizing um, you know the importance of her continuing to practice faith but also the um, you know sort of understanding where uh, where he comes from and I I'll, I mean I'll be honest in working with couples over over the years. Um, uh, and it, it almost always, it's, it, it almost always goes from, from the man to the woman that, um, the, the man will become, will become hostile to, to the woman's faith, uh, and, 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 and belittle it, um, you know, maybe after, um, you know, offering some words of, oh yeah, sure. You can do whatever you want. And then, uh, and then it, it, it sort of, it sort of sinks, um, as, as time passes and you just need to do whatever you can to uh to to try to avoid that um yeah. so it's it's a difficult it's a difficult situation but but absolutely unequivocally she has to she has to make clear um and un, unambiguously that that her faith is is important and um uh if he's marrying her he's marrying her faith too and maybe even to outline that some, Father, too, of what that means, like we've said earlier yep. in the program, right? It means Mass every Sunday. It means yep. that if we have kids, they're going to get baptized, they're going to have First Communion, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Vanessa, thank you for the phone call. A very important question and one that we've been seeking to tackle here throughout the show is what do you do when you have uh, two spouses who are from different faith traditions? Father, we've reached the end of the program for now, anyway, and so we would love it if you would send us on our way with your blessing, please. Almighty God and Father, we are grateful to you for the gift of uh, marriage in a natural and a supernatural way for the good of the human family. We ask that you pour down your blessings upon all of our listeners who are married. We ask that you pour down healing blessings on those who may be in uh, difficult and struggling marriages and continue to allow all of us uh, where you have called us to be, Uh, to be faithful witnesses to your Son, Jesus. We bless you, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Relevantradio.com slash innerlife is the place to go back and listen to anything that you've missed today or on any of our previous programs and share them with others who need to hear it. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Mark Melezova. Grace and peace.